Good morning. It's a blessing for me to just bring you the good news of Jesus Christ. I've just quickly run away from the sessions that we are having this morning. And um, someone else is preaching in this upcoming session. And I just thought, let me just quickly come and make a recording for all of you. I trust that you're going to be blessed with this very short message because I have to get back uh, to our program. We are busy with a leadership conference and or just a leadership training would be a better word for it, where people from the area came together from different villages. Uh, some of them walked six hours to get here. Several of them walked in the rain to get to this conference. And this was the first time these leaders were really bombarded with the gospel of grace. And I tell you, we have seen the power of God. I can understand what uh, the Bible says in Acts when they went to a certain town and they saw the grace of God. That is what we are seeing here. We are seeing the grace of God. We are seeing what God can do. We're seeing the divine influence of God upon the human race. Or we can put it this way. We see the power of the Holy Spirit bringing forth life. There's just nothing uh, like to, as beautiful to me as, and I'm sure to you as well, to everybody I mean, that understands the grace message. To see the light of grace go on in the eyes of people when they, just like my one friend says, uh, he says, when you ping, when it just goes ping, hallelujah, and you find that life that comes from that grace. I tell you, when we gave people the uh, the opportunity to preach last night, we just like preached the whole day last night, the night before we had our first session. Uh, and then, which was a vision sharing as well. And then today we started, or yesterday, we started with our sessions. I preached for five or six hours and uh, then gave the people an opportunity, those who want to preach, to preach. And these were just, some of them were leaders, others were just church members that came with their leaders. And when they opened their mouths, my goodness, was that fire. <laughs> glory to God it is just amazing it's man coming here doing what we are doing here is absolutely worth it in seeing the fruit in those people's lives glory to God it is Christ being formed in them so uh, yeah that's what we've been busy with so this morning we got up early we did our first session before the church service because you're using somebody else's church and um, before the church service we did the first session then we're joining in with a church service and I just said to them, listen, excuse me for the first part of the service. I want people that, uh, that are in our web fellowship to just, uh, I just want to minister to them and hear, let them hear what's going on here and just share a short message with them. And I just quickly came and I'm right here under a tree because it's hot here and uh, just stopped under a tree and just quickly make this message. So today we're going to read from Ephesians 1. Well, before we get into that, I want to just thank you again for allowing me to serve you with the good news. And I want to thank you that you've allowed Ilian and I to serve you for many, many years. Being part of a family, part of a fellowship that gathers on the internet all over the world, wherein I just see this grace message live in you as what I'm seeing it living in these people. Glory to God. I also want to say this. Those of you that are adventurous, that want to travel sometime and get involved in missions, even if it's just for one outreach in your life, that you come 
and you do an outreach and you want to do it in this area in western Zambia please prepare yourself it is uh, it is life-changing we're still building here we're still busy but I think by next year 2024 we're gonna have a lot of things ready here and uh, so save up some money I think if you um, if you come from Europe we're talking about yeah but Europe US go fly because you're gonna fly into another country and then into Zambia then you're gonna get onto a bus get over here flight costs is at least two thousand dollars so uh, it is expensive to get here but if you want to do it it is think of that holiday you wanted to have and take that money and come here it's not gonna be a holiday it's gonna be hard work it's going to be uh, experience of getting to a place where there is no such a thing as a, a cell phone signal where there has never been electricity but Elena, I will make sure that it is in a way where you can uh, focus on the gospel of grace and share that message with others and also be equipped and trained we'll get here and we'll just bombard you with five or six or ten hours of teachings and uh, then drop you off in the village and uh, with a local team make sure you're properly cared for and you minister the gospel and you'll be ministered to it is it is just your life will will be greatly impacted so if you want to do that uh, start saving up glory to God say Lord I want to do it uh, get your minds ready for something like that that is that is part of our vision and our plan not just to be a training center for people here but also for people internationally okay now into the message for today before we get into the message Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for your gospel. I want to thank you for your grace. I want to thank you for the power of your resurrection, the power of your life that you bring towards us, that you give us peace, that you give us the opportunity to share in your life. Thank you, Lord, that you've made us from the dust of the earth and that we from that dust as people can have nothing of ourselves, but that whatever we'll be, will be of you and so in everything in our life we'll share in your life because your life is the only life thank you for that lord in jesus mighty name amen amen i'm reading from ephesians chapter 2 um i'm reading from verse 1 it says as for you talking about the people in ephesus gentiles you were dead in your transgressions and in your sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit which is now at work in those who are disobedient now i want to tell you that is there's a lot of theology packed in there but what he's basically saying and referring to there is those who live by idol worship or the worship of themselves living by the power of themselves now i'm not going to get deep into that verse 3 all of us also lived amongst them at one time so it says all of us also lived amongst them at one time now when he says all of us first he says you gentiles you lived like that but all of us lived like that uh, at once now he's referring to the jewish people he says listen we that had the law we were not better off we that through the works of the law or uh, the part of the law where it's recorded that says that those who uh, are under the law would live by the law it says we were not better off we were we jews were in the very very same sinking ship 
It says, all of us also lived amongst them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and its thoughts. So when we are under the law and we want to be justified by the works of the law and we are not seeing to what the law points to, now I want to say this, the works of the law points to Christ in this, that you are under something and when people were under the law, Paul referring to the Jewish people here, and he says, when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. If you go and read Romans chapter 7, what Paul is saying is, when I became legalistic, or when I tried to find my life through the works of the law, I realized, basically, the grace gospel in this sense, that God is merciful to me, a sinner, and is continually merciful to me all the time, and he still gives me life, he still gives me breath, he still provides for me. But I can just see through the works of the law that in my flesh dwells nothing good. That in my own ability, there is no way unto life. It is just the way it is. So he's saying here, all of us lived in those cravings one time. And he's referring to himself and the Jewish people as well. He says, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So he's saying in our nature, in the human nature, we cannot attain unto life it is impossible now for paul this simply meant that it is impossible for a human being by his own power to attain unto immortality now uh, when i was preaching here uh, when i started to minister along those lines i just saw that the people didn't even know what i was talking about and i just realized that they are at a place where they simply need to hear God's not angry with you. He's not judging you by your works. Just a very simple message. And there the rain starts. Um, so I have to say this as well. Sorry for deviating a, a little bit there. This area in rain season is no good for outreach. <laughs> My goodness, it rains every day several times. And at night, all night. Well, <clears throat> When we look at what Paul is saying here, he's saying simply this. That it is impossible for a human being by his own power to attain unto eternal life. What he means by that is, it's impossible for a human by his own works or by the law or the commandments of the law or by living a good life to ever make his flesh immortal. Now, some of us would say that's not written there, but I can tell you if you look at the greater scope of things, what Paul understood under eternal life, what, he, what was meant by that and defined by eternal life through Jesus Christ and God's definition of eternal life in the empty grave, the resurrected, glorified human being, Jesus, who is above sin and death, we can quickly come to the bottom line conclusion that when Paul talks about eternal life, when he talks about life, he's talking about as it is demonstrated in the man Jesus at the right hand of God and is not defined in any other way and what it would mean for us is an empty grave now with that said he's saying let me read it again it says like the rest we were by nature deserving of wrath by nature we were at a place where by our own works all that it will amount to is death or as what God said from the beginning. God said this in Genesis. He said to Adam and Eve, by your own nature, 
he called Adam what he was. You are Adam. You are of the earth. And if you want to just live by your own nature, your own mortal nature, and you think you're going to know what is good and evil and do the good, and so amount, I think you're going to get to a place of eternal life, you are not going to. It is not possible. There is no way unto that. When it talks about deserving of wrath, it doesn't mean deserving of God killing you. That's not what it means. Deserving of wrath simply means that um, the passion of God will continue, which is to lead, to give people life by Him. And should people not want that, they'll return to the dust of the earth. Then it goes on. It says this. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. So what he is saying is, is that he gave Jesus while people were not even believing in Jesus. And then he brought forth a new man wherein we can uh, be identified. So we came to life through Jesus Christ. Let me read it again. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions and sins, it is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. It is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. The fact that you are saved by grace. Through faith. That faith is God's faithfulness towards you. As well as having faith and reliance. And showing faithfulness to the fact that we are saved by faithfulness. And not our works. That is how we are saved. So what he is saying is. We were dead in our transgressions and our sins. Our lives could not go forward. But God came and made us alive in Christ Jesus. This being made alive in Christ Jesus, seated us with him in heavenly places, took place in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we are having access to that as we rest and rely upon that. So, we are saved by grace, not by the works of the law. It says it's not of ourselves. Let's read it again. We don't have access to grace through our works. This is what Paul is also addressing here. We don't have to do good works in order to have access to grace. No, our access to grace is through faith. That is all. It's the faithfulness of God. The only way we could access grace, grace is the power of the resurrection to bring the life of God to us, is by God being faithful to the promise that he made in the beginning, and then us from ourselves, and from oh, let me put this from our sides, inspired by the love of God, persuaded by God's doing, in our hearts, relying upon the fact that God is faithful. So yes, we have a faithfulness from ourselves, and this is our faithfulness. We have faith, we are persuaded of, and we are faithful to the fact that God is faithful. And by that it means we are not going back to the old system. We faithfully say it's only by God and by His promise and by Him fulfilling His 
um, promise towards us that we will have life. God, let me read it again. It says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ. In other words, He's given us access to eternal life in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace, in order that in the future we might be raised from the dead, become immortal, and through these immortals show His life in, the, in all the earth. And this is expressed in His kindness to us in Jesus Christ. So God's expression of kindness is in what is done for us in Jesus Christ. The love, love of God is kind. He says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Now he calls this grace the power by which we are raised together with in him. And it says here, and this grace that we are saved by, we have access to it through faith. It is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. You don't have access to it by anything you do of yourself. It is You just simply believe Him. Not of works, so that no one can boast. So, we don't have access to grace, into grace. We don't have the grace of God working in us because of our works. It is not of the works of the law, circumcision, Jewish customs, nothing. It is a gift of God. It's something that God just gives you. It's something that God decided to do in His compassion and His mercy. And He did all of this while we were yet sinners. And what He's saying is, is that when the man Jesus was raised up from the dead and a man was seated at the right hand of God, it was done while we haven't done any good or anything right. So why now that when God did it that way, and I think that's why Paul is pointing this out, as God did it that way, we that now come to the faith, why should we now put certain prerequisites there, works there, the customs of the law, Moses, all those kind of things there, so that we can have access unto this. It was given while we were yet sinners. So what can we do now? We can only believe. It is a gift of God. It's not of ourselves. Neither is it of the law or the works of the law. Listen to what it says here. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So it is not by good works. He's simply saying, listen, good works is not the way unto grace. Good works is not the way unto salvation. Salvation comes to us and the end of salvation is good works. So good works is not the way unto salvation. Salvation is the way unto finding the good works. That good works is the good works that God has done in Christ that results in us having a life sharing in the very works of God where we can feel what it feels like to have the life of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says in verse 11, Therefore remember that by that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth are called uncircumcised by those who called themselves circumcised which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. That's now according to the Jewish system. 
Although man were never without God, you can go and read Acts 14 and 15 on that. God even blessed the Gentiles and didn't leave himself without testimony that he was with them and provided for them. But he's now defining according to the law system they were and the Jewish system and the covenants that they were without God. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ, the death of Christ. So Christ means the resurrected Jesus. Blood of Christ means his death. So Jesus died for who? For whosoever has death. So the fact that they were excluded according, that Gentiles were excluded according to the law, means nothing in the light of God providing life for whosoever is dying. So the fact that God brought salvation to whosoever physically dies, and he's brought immortality, and that his salvation plan was not to be a political solution for the Jewish people, but that his salvation plan was to save people from death. That means we ask who's dying, and what death did Jesus die, and now that he's raised, what does he rule over? He rules over all death. That means Gentiles are included. And how are we partaking of this? We simply believe it's not of ourselves. It's not something we've done. Neither is it uh, do we have access to it, to it through the works of the law. No, we have access to it through the mercy and the kindness and the grace of God that He simply did and we that He simply promised, and we believe it. Yesterday I was preaching and I was talking about the mercy of God that is by the decision of God. And in that, I thought of the, the twins that was born, Jacob and Esau, and God making uh, just a, a choice saying, you know, the younger was, was, will serve the, the elder, and that it was by promise and by God's choice. And I was thinking of my children, of my sons, while they were still in Eliana's womb. And what I would do is, she would be there pregnant and uh, Tammy would already be big and I would lay hands on on her, not in prayer, blessing her in, in so much, but more laying hands, saying to, speaking to my sons, saying to them, listen, this is your father speaking to you. I love you. I'll be good to you. I'll be kind to you. I'll provide for you. I'll do everything. And I would mention things that I would do. And you know what? Everything I've said to them while they were in the womb was by promise. And do you know that I'm the Alpha and the Omega of that promise? There's nothing they could do to get into that promise. It was by my choice. It was by election. I've elected them to be the people that will be blessed by me keeping my promise. Then they were born. And after they're born, there's nothing they can do. I've made the promise. I'll keep the promise. The only thing that can be devastating to them is if they don't believe me, run away from me and go and try and establish their own life by their own ability. Instead of believing me and me fulfilling the promise towards them. So I want to say to you, and today's message is short as I've explained to you, we are, I'm running back to another service um, that I have to be part of. What we are seeing here is, that we are the workmanship of God. That means that the good works that's in us will be the result of God fulfilling His promise in us. So we are not saved by our good works. No. Because good works is what God has already designed us for and that He would bring to us. 
So how would we be saved from not having the good works? By simply believing God. Believing what has happened in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Identifying with the resurrected Jesus. Looking into the perfect law of liberation where we've been liberated from sin and death where we've been united with God in Christ and not forgetting what kind of man we are we are not a law man we are not a works man we are not a materialistic man we are not a worldly man we are when we behold the glorified man at the right hand of God co-seated with him we are the eternal man we are the God man and we believe that we behold that and we don't forget that and as we believe, behold that and not forget that, we find the life of God manifest in us. How? By the power and the faithfulness of God. Don't we have to be faithful? The only faithfulness that there is from us is that we faithfully saying that it is by His faithfulness. My faithfulness to the law, even if I'm unfaithful, as pertaining to laws and rules and regulations, God remains faithful. That is it. Even if I say, I will be saved by my works, God remains faithful. He will say, you know, you will not be saved by your works. He'll deny you. If you say, no, I will have life by my works, he'll deny you life. He'll say, it's not that way. It's only by me keeping my promise. It's only free. It's only by me. And... The promise is not a car and a house and those kind of things. Those are givens. That is just part of being, uh, that, that's just who God is. He provides that for every person. I said to the people yesterday, do you think that witch, witch doctor and that person that used black magic and all of that living in the African bush here, uh, when he plants maize and the maize comes up and he's got a crop, who do you think provides that crop for him? It is God. That's what Acts 15 says, 14 and 15. He says, listen man, while you were worshipping idols, God didn't leave himself without testimony. And he provided for you rain and good crops that you can, be, that you can see that he was merciful and that he provided. When you see the, the, the sinner and the God-hater blessed, it's a sign of the mercy of God that's also towards you. When you can celebrate in the mercy and the goodness of God. Now, Paul says in Romans 2 verse 4, don't despise the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. The fact that God is merciful and good to you whenever you sin doesn't mean that that is how he wants you to partake in his life forever. He says, listen, I want you to know that I'm a merciful God, that I'm a gracious God, and now I want you to come and believe upon me and only rely upon my mercy and glorify me and worship me from that perspective. And get away from the way you and the, the, the things that you thought about me. God has come to bless us with eternal life as defined in Jesus. Immortality, man. Raised from the dead. Glory to God. Never to die. That is the promise. And we are seated with him. Our hope is in him. And he, when he returns, we will find that our life, which is Christ, shall manifest and so we'll forever live with God well thank you that I could serve you with this message I've come to the end of my message and I trust this will be a great encouragement for you and uh, 
I will just chat to you then again this coming Monday in our devotionals. I'm now heading back to a service, and we'll have another two services today. And yeah, the end of this month, Ileana and I uh, most probably will be heading back to South Africa. We're going to see how things work out. We'll head back to South Africa, and then we'll continue there with our normal services as always. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited about the gospel and what God is doing. Know that you are deeply loved by God. Care.